Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I am Pam Barnhill, and I am so happy that you are joining me here today, along with our very special guest host, Amy Milsick. Amy, how are you doing? I am wonderful, Pam. How are you? I am good. You know why I'm good? Why? It is May. Oh, (laughs) hallelujah. So do you guys follow kind of a more traditional homeschool schedule? We have a very erratic schedule, but yes, for the most part, we follow a traditional schedule because my older boys play competitive soccer, and I feel like so many times our schedule just gets sorted out around that. So yeah, we, we start in July, but we end up in May. <laughs> okay, that's us too. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen this year, but typically we start in July, and then I tell you by the time May gets here... I'm limping to the finish line. I'm I'm lucky because the weather's so nice where we are. And so I'm I'm ready to be done by like the second week of May for sure. Agreed. Yes. And then I have to get started making homeschool portfolios because where we live in Pennsylvania, that's a requirement. So <laughs> I'm really limping at this point. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, speaking of the opposite of limping, <laughs> you actually spoke to somebody today who is not limping at all. She is a real go-getter. So tell us a little bit about today's guest. Trisha Goyer is an amazing woman who is the mom of 10 children and we talk about that and how her family has grown as well as how she has homeschooled through different circumstances she's homeschooled all of these 10 children now at this point some of them from day one and some of them coming from more of a transition from public school after foster care and adoption really neat story and how she's been making it work as well as being a prolific writer and talking about her new book homeschool basics that she co-wrote with christy clover oh fun well it sounds like there's a lot to dig into in this episode so we're going to get on with it right after this word from our sponsor with the nature explorer science curriculum nature study has never been easier These open-and-go guides include educational nature walk ideas to keep your family engaged for weeks. Background information is provided so parents can feel confident answering questions in the field. Back at home, you can choose from many hands-on, research-based, and experimental activities to continue discovery-based learning. Or take the extensive book list to your library for some fun learning through living literature, both fiction and nonfiction selections. There are Nature Explorers curriculum guides available for nearly 20 science topics, which cover a wide range of biology and earth sciences that will work just about anywhere you are in the world. Visit ourjourneywestward.com forward slash Pam to download your free set of Nature Explorers notebooking pages, which turn nature walks into outdoor science labs. With your download, you'll receive a special coupon code to save 20% off your first Nature Explorers Science Curriculum order. That's ourjourneywestward.com forward slash Pam. And now, on with the podcast. Trisha Goyer is a busy mom of 10, grandmother of two, and wife to John. 
Somewhere around the hustle and bustle of family life, she manages to find the time to write fictional tales delighting and entertaining readers and nonfiction titles offering encouragement and hope. A best-selling author, Trisha has written more than 500 articles and published more than 50 books to date, including the new Homeschool Basics, How to Get Started, Keep Motivated, and Bring Out the Best in Your Kids, a collaboration with Christy Clover. She is a two-time Carol Award winner, as well as a Christy and ECPA Award nominee. In 2010, she was selected as one of the top 20 moms to follow on Twitter by SheKnows.com. Trisha is also on the blogging team at TheBetterMom.com and other homeschooling and Christian sites. In addition to her roles as mom, wife, and author, Trisha volunteers around her community and mentors teen moms. She's the founder of Hope Pregnancy Ministries in Northwestern Montana, and she currently leads a teen mops group in Little Rock, Arkansas. Welcome to Homeschool Snapshots, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me. It's great being here. I am so excited to talk to you. And I had to take a couple deep breaths while I was reading your bio there because, um, <laughs> whoa, you have a lot going on, girl. <laughs> I know. I've been doing this a while. My oldest is 28 and my youngest is seven. So it just seems like, you know, if you do a little bit every year, it just kind of adds up. That's amazing. I, I'm just so excited to get to know you better. Tell us a little bit about your family. Okay, well, I've been married to John for 28 years. I was a single mom. I was actually a teen mom, and I had my oldest son. And it was really during my pregnancy that I dedicated my life to God, and he brought me an amazing husband. And so I had Corey uh, before I got married. Then John and I had two more kids, Leslie and Nathan. So Corey's 28 now, uh, Leslie's 25, and Nathan's 23. And then we've adopted seven kids, six from foster care, and then one in a private adoption. And they are... Uh, Maria is 17. Um, then we have twins, Lauren and Jordan, and they are 15. We have Florentina's 13, Bella's 10, Alyssa's just turned eight, and Casey's seven. So I've been already homeschooling for like 25 years, and I have at least about 11 years to go. So uh, it's been quite the journey. It sounds like a journey, and I love how you've taken some of your experiences, and now you use it in volunteer work and to help other teen moms and homeschoolers. Yeah, I I really love just sharing kind of where I've been and what God has done with me. Because really, I mean, if I can do this, God can use anyone else to do it too. So how did you start homeschooling? Well, John and I um, attended church with a family, and I just love their teenagers. They had eight kids, but the teens really impacted me. They'd always like want to hold my babies, and they would carry on conversations. And there's just something different about them. And they ended up talking to their mom and found out they were homeschooled. And I had never really met anyone that was homeschooled before. But John and I went to our first homeschool conference, and right away, just the idea of being, you know, responsible for our kids' education and making sure they had a godly foundation really stuck with us. And when I saw those teens and I thought, I want my kids to turn out like that, it really was something that we wanted to pursue. So we just started when Corey was in preschool and uh, I've been homeschooling ever since. So all of your kids have been homeschooled from the start? Well, all our, th- our three biological kids were homeschooled from the start, and they're all graduated now, um, went to college. Corey works, he does insurance. Leslie is a missionary, and she actually teaches at a university in the Czech Republic. And our 23-year-old works at Walmart and writes books. So his first novel was just published. So those are the ones from the start. And then we've adopted six others that I mentioned from foster care, and they came from all kinds of backgrounds. Um, 
Casey and Bella were two and five when we adopted them and they had already, you know, been in preschool and uh, really just had a very tough start. So as soon as I got them, I started homeschooling them. Alyssa, we got her as a baby. And so she's been homeschooled for the start. But really the four older girls, we adopted um, a sibling group of four girls. They were ages 11 through 14 when we brought them home and they had uh, gone to public school. And even before we can adopt them, they were in foster care in our home. And so they had the foster supervisor would not let us homeschool them. And so they were in public school. So I've had that experience with, you know, before I always knew why I loved homeschooling. Now I know even more how hard it is to have kids in public school, just the influences they get mostly from other kids. And then we had four girls, uh, two were in junior high, one was in high school and elementary And they all had different schedules. They had, you know, eight classes each and all these teachers. And it was so hard keeping kept up with their homework and their assignments. And they'd have teachers texting me. And I can't remember whose teacher was who. And it really was a lot of work. And as soon as the adoption was final, in fact, the day after the adoption was final, I went in and submitted the paperwork to homeschool. And at first they were they were worried about, you know, they were, they're going to not like it, but really they love it so much. It's just a slower pace. We enjoy time together as a family. We do a lot of literature-based learning, a lot of reading together. And in fact, now they'll say, mom, I had a nightmare that you sent me back to public school. So they're like, please don't do that. So I've just really seen a growth in them since we started homeschooling them in 2016. Wow, that is an amazing story for all. And you have really experienced all different types of homeschooling, anywhere from just, you know, from day one to the transition from public school to homeschool. So that is incredible. And just what a gift that you're giving your kids. Yeah, and really the challenge of going from three kids who were, um, you know, homeschooled from the beginning, no learning disabilities, no special needs to, you know, these kids, um, I have three with dyslexia, I have some that have ADHD, um, and then just the trauma of the past, they've been moved around, and so they had holes in their education. So I go from kind of everyone sitting down and being able to learn very well to now I'm like figuring out how to teach them and finding special tutors and help for them. It really has changed a lot. But overall, I just love that we're able to all be together. We're able to learn. I'm able to focus our morning routine on the Bible and Bible study and prayer. And even though it has been a challenge, just trying to figure out how to meet their needs, it's still, I've just seen them grow so much um, spiritually, emotionally, and academically having them home with me. So you talked about how the changes you've gone through with your homeschool and then and bringing in your children after their different experiences. What would you say your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? Oh, great expectations. Mm. <laughs> Going from the title for sure. Because really, um, I didn't know what to expect when I sat down to homeschool all of them and and really just seeing that that they have, you know, all this stuff bottled up inside and trying to break through and find what's inside them and their, their gifts and their talents and then help their love of learning. So if you're just going off the title alone, yeah. it would definitely be great expectations. Which homeschool book has been the most influential for you as a mom? <laughs> You know, I remember back in the day getting Mary Pride's book, and I can't even remember the title, um, but she was like the first one that I ever had read on homeschooling before. Like there wasn't even homeschooling groups and just being able to see that there was real people out there that uh, were doing this. And so that was the one I think that really just showed me that as a mom, I could educate my children. Um, and so that one was really influential. And I'm still always buying all kinds of homeschooling books. I just love to hear what other people are doing and getting encouragement from them. 
I agree. It's just awesome to be able to get those little glimpses into how different people manage their homeschool life. And that's why I think this this Homeschool Snapshots podcast is so great that Pam started because you get to see how you can make it possible. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like every person you just learn something um, that you can glean for your own homeschool. Exactly. What would you say is your biggest homeschooling mistake or regret? Well, in the beginning, I think all of us are just so nervous. We want to get it right. And we had only, you know, most of us have just gone to public school. For So for me, I always tried to do school at home. Like we had the little desks and I ordered the big box curriculum for a five-year-old, which I mean, there's such wonderful curriculum out there, but I just had the strict schedule and we need to fill the day with all these things. And I think I just put way too much stress, especially with the little kids that I had. I mean, they were ages four, three, and one when we, you know, first started and just put so much stress on myself and stress on the kids. And I think I've really learned over the years, um, just having my kids enjoy learning and being able to go off the curriculum if there's something that interests us. And if there's a spider outside, like we can study that we don't always have to stick to the list and the tasks. And that has really just changed. So I wish I would have chilled out earlier. But I'm glad that we're at a place now that I could, you know, relax more and let us just enjoy learning together. I agree. And I think that's a common struggle among homeschoolers, especially because when we most of us come from a public school mentality. And so that's what we know. And, you know, being able to follow the rabbit trails, it's like, wow, this is amazing. So I think that's a pretty common regret there. Absolutely. (laughs) So fill in the blank, you will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom if your kids can blank. Oh, I love this question so much. So what I initially thought like I wanted my kids to be able to, you know, do well in society and have a good job. And over the years that has changed. And I would say, you know, if they can stand before God someday at the end of their life and him say, well done, good and faithful servant, that really is what matters most. And having three adult kids who all love God, who all serve him. My oldest son's a children's pastor. My daughter's a missionary. And my second oldest son volunteers in children's church with his brother. And just seeing them just loving God and serving others and caring for other people has made the huge difference. So it really has changed how I even approach homeschooling the other kids. And of course, we do all the subjects, math and science and history and everything else. But really, I spend more time now than ever just spending time in the Bible and getting them to grow their faith and knowing that that really is going to impact their whole life. So that's really neat that you have the older kids and you can look at those experiences and where they are now and how that can impact your current homeschooling. So absolutely. And yeah, and they've all turned out okay. And even the weaknesses that, you know, I saw that that I had as a homeschooling mom, they've kind of overcome those. For example, I'm a writer. So we would always do lots of writing and uh, read books. And so that was always my strength. And like, math is always a weakness. Like, let's put math aside for the day. And let's, you know, uh, still write another story. And even, you know, when they went to college, they all did fine. So even like the areas that I was super stressed out about and worried about, or things that I had forgot to teach them. I remember my third oldest son on his first day, as he was heading out to college, I'm like, Oh, my goodness, we would never worked on a five paragraph essay. (laughs) We we had done all this other writing stuff, but we never like specifically had done that. And sometimes when you've done it with the older kids, you think you've done it with the younger kids too. And he went to college and I was so worried. He got such good grades in English and was even asked to tutor in the writing lab. And And it just showed me like if we just teach them how to love to learn and teach them to be able to, you know, learn for themselves and pick up books and figure things out. Like we don't have to teach them every little thing. We've given them the tools on how to learn. And that has just really helped me so much to relax with the younger kids. 
Well, thank you for sharing that hope for all of us homeschoolers in the trenches, <laughs> knowing yes. that, you know, it's going to be okay. Even if you don't get to all the things and all the check marks, it's going to be all right. So, you know, inevitably, we all have a bad day in our homeschool. How do you turn that around? What do you do to help with? Yeah, I love that question because sometimes the bad day comes from kids that woke up on the wrong side of the bed or sometimes it's me. <laughs> like sometimes I'm the grumpy one because the house didn't get cleaned up the night before. And really, there's been times that we'll just stop and like, okay, let's just take a deep breath. Everyone is stressed out here and let's, you know, watch a movie together. Um, today we watched Chariots of Fire because we had just read the biography of Eric Little. And so, you know, today we were all tired. It's been kind of a crazy season in our our life. My grandma lives with us too, and we've been caring for her. And I knew that getting a lot of book work wasn't going to work today. So we all sat down and watched a movie together and discussed the movie It was as it was going on. And so sometimes it's just kind of taking a break from the routine and just enjoying time together or going for a walk or doing something different. And also just prayer. I mean, there's been times that I've been grumpy and I'm like, can I, we just stop and pray for mom right now? <laughs> and So I'll just pray and ask their forgiveness and ask God to give me a better attitude. And I've noticed when I'm able to humble myself, and realize that I am pushing things in the wrong direction and being cranky over little things. Um, when I stop myself, then that really just changes my attitude and it helps the kids to see like, okay, we could all just chill out here a little bit. Yeah, that is excellent modeling because you're showing the kids exactly how to turn it around. So that's so cool. Would you say you're a planner or do you fly by the seat of your pants? I am more a planner this year than I have ever been before. And I think it is because I have seven kids yeah, and yeah. we need that. We need to have a plan. And one thing that I did, um, my friend Christy that I wrote homeschool basics with, she has a organizational course and she did this crate system where you actually like tear up the workbooks and put everything in files and you have your weeks and with all seven kids, everyone has their file for the week with the things they need to do. And so this summer, I, last summer I did that. I did the whole crates. It took me a couple of weeks because I had, you know, seven kids, but I did everyone's files and it has made this year run so much more smoothly. So even times when I've had to take a child to the doctor's appointment or different things come up like they always do in homeschooling, just knowing their files are already there and they just have to pull it up and they can see what act you know, what they actually need has been a huge thing for me. And so that has really um, helped me so much. But also, if there is a day when I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is not going to work, or um, we're, we're just not feeling well, I'm also kind of more open now to just saying, let's stitch that and let's just read a book together, or let's just watch a movie, an educational movie, or do something like that. So even though I'm more organized than I have ever been, I'm okay with days where I could just push that aside and just, um, just do what works best with our family for that day. I can attest to Christy's organizational system and her tips. And I think what's so great about that crate system is when you have one of those days and you're like, yeah, it's not happening. She shows you how to easily, you know, just move it along and you don't feel like you're behind. It's just exactly. Yeah, yeah I, so. I planned for six extra weeks. So there was six blank weeks there. And I think even some of the stuff like their grammar and stuff will even be moving into the next school year, which is totally fine. It's still in the file. We'll just put it at the beginning of next year. And I've had to learn because I have struggling learners, which I never had before, they don't pick it up the first time. So it will be a little, it'll take a little bit more time to do some of the things, but you just move it, then move the file over and not have to stress about it. That it'll, it's there when they're ready to, to work on that assignment. Exactly. Reduce the stress. <laughs> yes. What would your kids say is the best part of being homeschooled? 
They love when we read books together. Um, we just fi- finished Understood Betsy yesterday, which is a book, I think it was published in like 1912. And I sit there and read and sometimes I'll read, you know, an hour and an hour and a half and they have their Play-Doh and they have their Perler beads and their art stuff. And I, I would say that is their favorite time when we're all sharing a book together. And then, you know, at dinner time, they're all fighting to tell dad what happened in the book today. And because we have two different sibling groups and then um, a, a little girl that's not part of the sibling groups, um, that time together has really bonded them as siblings um, where before you know they almost felt like this is my siblings and I don't know who these other people are but that I'm working with or doing homeschool work that's really bonded us so I think the read aloud time for sure is our favorite for our whole family and what would the worst part be of being homeschooled Oh, they, I mean, when they have to sit down and do their math, <laughs> they probably pick that up for me. So, you know, I think, especially when there's all these kids at all the different grade levels, and they're all fighting for my attention. And there's only one of me or, you know, any type of worksheets or anything where they want me to sit there and help them. And there's six other siblings saying, mom, mom, mom. <laughs> I think that is probably the hardest part. So we try to split it up and I'll have a couple of kids do something else or go outside or something for a while. So they don't all feel like they're fighting for my attention at the same time. I think my boys would agree with that frustration. <laughs> yes. Yes, I understand. <laughs> I'm next. I'm next. No, she's helping me. So Exactly. Yeah. Would you say you're a homebody or always on the go? Oh, I am a homebody. And I think this is really, um, you know, something that God has changed my heart in the, in the past where I would always be on the go before and the kids were signed up for all types of activities and we were so stressed out. They were stressed out. I was stressed out. And now we sign up for very few activities outside the home. And if we do something, we try to do it all together, like church service, or they volunteer with me when I go and serve teen moms. And so I'm definitely more of a homebody because I've just realized it just stresses everyone out if we pack our schedules too tightly. I gotcha, completely. What are you rocking in your homeschool right now? Oh, I would say just our time again going back to the read alouds just our time together reading the stories and just seeing how much they are learning from you know just even books that we're reading it's not you know sitting down and filling in blanks in the curriculum one thing that I love that we started this year is we read missionary stories after we do our bible study we read missionary stories and we're doing the YWAM stories and they learn so much for those stories I really feel that that is kind of like my gym where they can learn so much about just men and women women who followed God and their values, but also, you know, those missionaries lived in real places during real times in history, and they're, they're learning so much about that. So just being able to take kind of those missionary stories, and we'll talk about it, and then we'll look up the places where they lived, and, you know, really talk about what's happening in history during that time, just has been something that has benefited us. Um, I really just did it because I thought they were cool stories, but I, I realized that they are just really teaching my kids so much. We'll have to make sure that we have, uh, we mentioned that in the show notes, you said the why. YWAM. So YWAM. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, YWAM Missionary Stories. Yeah. That sounds like a great resource. Well, you mentioned already how you stay organized. You use Christie's organization system. Do you have any other favorite apps or tools that you use for scheduling and organizing your seven kids that are at home now? Absolutely. Um, I have on my phone, it's an app called AnyDo, and it's just A-N-Y dot D-O, and it's an app that I have on my phone, and it allows me to put in tasks. So if I have um, different places we have to be or appointments we have to be at, 
pops up with reminders. And then every day I have my list of, you know, three or four things that I want to get done on that day, whether it's homeschooling or writing or, you know, interviews or any of those types of things. And then if something doesn't fit in the day, it's so easy. I could just move that task to another day or I could set up repeating things to pop up. So that really on my phone has just been so helpful to me to keep organized. And so I don't forget something, don't forget an appointment or don't forget to pick up a kid somewhere or (laughs) any of that. I just have it right there on my phone. I need to look into this app. Thank you for sharing that. All right. I'm super excited to talk to you about this. Co-wrote the book with Christy Clover, who I, she is one of the most joyful and she is <laughs> energetic women I have ever, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting her in person yet, but just knowing her, you know, online. I can't wait to hear about this new book that you have with her, Homeschool Basics, How to Get Started, Keep Motivated, and Bring Out the Best in Your Kids. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, I met Christy. We were both speaking at a same, the same homeschool convention in California. And you're right. She's just so bubbly and fun. And we started talking about homeschooling. And we, we believe like the same type of principles, like don't get stressed out and yes, get organized, but be able to relax. And we found so much just as speakers. Um, we get so many questions from parents who are beginning homeschooling and they don't know where to start. And or maybe some that you know, have been homeschooling for a couple of years, but they just feel like their kids, they have to fight them all the time. So their kids aren't motivated at all. And and then also, as we talk, you know, just really what are our, our goals and priorities about bringing out the best of our kids? And as Chrissy and I were talking about it, I would say, oh, I wrote this blog post about this part. And she's like, well, I wrote this blog post about this part. And so we realized that, you know, together we had covered most of the questions that we get from homeschooling moms. And so we just worked and put those questions and answered them and put them together in this book, which is Homeschool Basics. And our goal was just, you know, not every parent can attend a homeschool conference or Not every parent has a homeschool mom that has been doing it a while that can answer their questions. And really, we just wanted to put a resource in people's hands that can say, here's the basics. You know, we can't cover every single thing in homeschooling. But if, you know, you want to know how to get started or you want to know how to keep going when you're in a slump or you want to really focus on your priorities for homeschooling, here's something in a neat little bundle that we put together for you. And so it took probably about a year and a half for Christy and I to work on this book. We wanted to make sure that we covered all the bases, but we had so much fun just doing it together. And it's been great to get feedback from uh, people, you know, saying that helped me so much. And it helped me, you know, pointed me in the right direction for my homeschooling journey. I love how you took questions from real homeschool moms, and you use that to just provide this information to help everybody. What would you say is like your number one tip for getting started with homeschooling? The number one tip would be to really sit down and think about why am I doing this? And what are my goals for my kids? I think so many times, um, you know, we're worried about curriculum, or we're worried about our schedule, and we're worried about all these things. But I think the number one tip is really center your heart on why is this important? Because once you know what your priority is and why this is important to you, then that will help you during hard days. It will help you when you realize this curriculum isn't working at all. (laughs) I want to try something new. Just going back to like that core feeling of I am doing this for a reason and I'm doing this, you know, to whether it's to raise kids who love God or to, you know, just being able to help them produce pursue their academics at their level, wherever they're at, whatever your core goal is, um, really focus on that. And that will make all the difference in your homeschool. That is an excellent tip, because I think we do get so caught up in the curriculum or the approach. And yeah, knowing your why is essential. So that's an excellent tip. Motivation can be such a struggle for homeschoolers, either the kids or the mom or both. How do you stay motivated? Or how would you what would you recommend to other moms? 
You know, when it comes to motivation, um, I think it, it comes to think, why isn't it working? So if, if a kid is unmotivated or I'm unmotivated, there is usually something wrong. Um, and it could be maybe we forgot our why. It could be that our kids aren't having fun anymore. And sometimes, you know, we aren't being flexible. We aren't, you know, be willing to let our kids explore and they aren't motivated about things that they aren't interested in. So really it's seeing, seeing okay, what is, what's going wrong and maybe how can we change this? And sometimes it's just been sitting down with my kids and figuring out what's something that you can get excited about. Yes, we're still going to do grammar. You have to know grammar. <laughs> but what is what is something else that you can get excited about? And just recently, our older girls have discovered audiobooks. And so I'm able to sit down with them. We're able to pick out some audiobooks of things that they're really interested in. And then they're super excited about, okay, while I'm doing my chores, whatever, I'm going to listen to this audiobook. And so I think the motivation for them is to, to let them have fun with it. Let them explore things that they are interested in. And then also, I think for moms not to get overwhelmed, to realize that, you know, even in public schools, the teachers never finish all the curriculum and they have to they have to deal with kids that are having behavior problems. And, you know, I think so many times we try to do everything perfectly. We want a perfect house and a perfect homeschool day and we get overwhelmed and we can't keep it up. And so once we realize like, it's okay, the laundry's piled up. God still loves me. My kids still love me. We're good. Um, and, and then realize that I can keep going, knowing that I don't have to be perfect and knowing that, you know, just the little steps that we take every day will make a big difference in the long run. So taking that big picture look instead of like zooming in and all the little, ah, when you were talking, it made me think of like when you put on a detective hat as a mom and you're just like, okay, what's going on here? So you're asking questions and maybe like observing behaviors to help figure out what can help with the motivation. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it is our kids just aren't ready for what we're trying to teach them. So they might be stressed out. And I realized, you know, I was trying to teach reading to my three little kids and they were just not getting it. Well, then I got them tested and realized all three of them are dyslexic. And so, you know, I wasn't motivated to teach them because it turned into crying fits and they weren't motivated because it was so, so hard. And me, you know, putting on that detective hat made me realize, okay, there's a bigger issue here that we need to look at. And I think sometimes with each of our kids, we get to figure out, you know, what's going on. And maybe it's an emotional season. Maybe, you know, there's a teenager that's not getting enough sleep and we need to say, okay, we need to put some you know boundaries on bedtimes. When we start looking around and and figure out what the problems are, um, we could start coming up with solutions that can help that kid during that season. The next season, it might have different things. But, you know, motivation really comes down to what's the, what's going on and what can we do to help them? Um, and then, you know, give them fun things that they can be motivated about. Yeah, tuning into your kids and just letting go of the comparison and what other mm -hmm. kids or other families might be doing or even within your own family. That can be so helpful with motivation. I love that tip. And as homeschoolers, we strive to provide our kids with quality at-home educations because we want what's best for our kids. How can we help bring out the best in our own children? You know, I think it really has just gone back to me saying, what do I feel God has put into them that I can nurture? So for my kids, all of them are completely different. And so, you know, one set curriculum isn't going to work for all, but you know, we do do the same read alouds, but then I could look and see, okay, what is really going to help this kid? What's really going to encourage this kid? Um, how can I build on their golden goals and dreams? And so in the past, you know, one of my sons, um, when he got in high school, he was interested in teaching himself a guitar. So he said, 
saved up his money. I helped him to buy a guitar. We looked up YouTube videos that he can watch. And so it's just encouraging him that if he has something that he's interested in doing or she's interested in doing, what can I do to support that? My other daughter really was interested in us having a foreign exchange student. And so when she was in high school, we were able to apply and we had a foreign exchange student come and live with us. And that was like one of the best years. We had this foreign person and my daughter was so excited about learning the language and learning about the country. And we ended up going to mission trips in that country where she was from. And now my daughter is a full-time missionary there. So I just think like if there's a glimmer in our kids that they're interested in something and that's something that they are willing to put time and energy and explore and learn about, that God has put that there for a reason and just being willing to encourage them and help them. You know, I think so many times we think our kids are empty vessels and we need to make sure all our kids have music and dance and (laughs) art and all these things. But really, it just comes back to seeing like who God created them to be and then encouraging them to pursue those things. And so it's cool now to see those glimmers of things that I saw when my kids were like five, six, and seven. Now, as adults, the things that they're doing, um, it's just like God's saying, yes, I put this in them. And, you know, just me willing to, to help them on those journeys has helped them to grow into the men and women that God designed them to be. Wow, that's just lovely advice. I just, yeah, I want to take that to heart with my own boys. <laughs> it's now time for our fast five. And this is when I ask you five questions and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. You just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? Board games. (laughs) I have a list of board games that I want. We love doing board games as a family. Do you have a number one favorite that you'd love to have? Ticket to Ride. There's a new one. It's called like Sales and Bridges or something like that. And it's so expensive. So I've been, it's in my little wish list. It's been there for a while. That's in my cart too, or my wish list. I know. It looks awesome. It looks awesome. Okay, so you just mentioned games. What is your favorite game night game? There's one called Codenames. So it's called Codenames and you have to like, and I love it because all the family could play. There's like a Disney version called Codenames. And so there's two people that will sit there and try to get the other people to guess what Disney characters are looking at. And I just love it because from the seven-year-old all the way to the adult kids can all play it together. That sounds fun. What is the best way to spend the day with your kids? We love going and exploring. So, you know, going to a museum or going on a nature walk or anything that we can do together as a family, a theme park, because we're such homebodies most of the time, when we have an extra day where we can go and explore together, we really love doing that. What are you reading right now? Oh, I have so many books that I'm reading. Um, One of them is by Anne Spangler, and it's called At the Feet of the Rabbi. And it's really talking about taking us back to the Jewish society in Jesus' day and about discipleship and what things really look like. And it, I love it because it's just bringing up just kind of how the world from where, when Jesus lived. And then also, I just got The Masterpiece by Francine Rivers. She's one of my favorite authors. She's also a writing buddy. We get together. There's a group of us that help plot each other's novels. So I helped plot this book. It's, it's super fun then to read the books later after my novelist friends write them and figure out, okay, did she use any of the tips that we gave her or um, did she go her own way? So it's super fun to, to read those books. That sounds so cool. Wow. Okay. The masterpiece. I'm going to have to look for that one. Okay. And the last fast five, I've got to have blank to get me through the day. Oh, I've, I got to have my time in the Bible. (laughs) So early in the morning before everyone else, I just need time to read God's word. And I usually journal a little bit. 
I always put graphics up on my Facebook page. And I notice when I don't have my time in the the Bible, my day, I just cranky and have a really hard time. So really, that is what gets me through the day. Do you do specific Bible journaling? I know a lot of friends that have been doing that lately. I don't. What I'm doing is um, I'm reading through the Bible and I do five chapters a day on weekdays um, and then weekends are for catch up. And so every day there's five chapters. I just started Isaiah. And then one thing that I started doing is I got journaling Bibles and then I'll spend a year as I read through the Bible, praying for one of my kids, writing notes to them and like writing things that I see in them. And so I did it for my oldest son, who's 28. I did it for my daughter last year, and I'm currently doing one for my 23-year-old son. And so then at the end of the year, I present them with a Bible that I've read all the way through and jotted down notes for them. And so my plan is to do it for all my kids and then start on my grandkids. That is an amazing gift. I love that idea. Well, Trisha, it's been so wonderful talking with you today. Can you share with our listeners how they can find you? Absolutely. They can just find me at uh, TrishaGoyer.com and Trisha's T-R-I-C-I-A. Goyer is G-O-Y-E-R.com. Um, that's my website. So my Facebook is just author TrishaGoyer.com. Instagram's Trisha Goyer and Twitter is Trisha Goyer. So anytime someone just puts Trisha Goyer, they will be able to find me. Thanks so much for chatting with me today and sharing your homeschool experiences and tips. And yeah, just thank you. Thank you, Amy. It's been awesome um, talking to you. Maybe someday we'll be able to meet in person. Oh, I hope so. That'd be brilliant. That'd be awesome. All right. Take care. Thank you. Now, if you'd like the links to any of the books and resources that Trisha and I chatted about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Those are at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP 65. I'm really looking forward to some more great homeschool chats to encourage, inspire, and motivate. Until then, rock your homeschool!